The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Purse strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, senior principal at Carmichael Lynch Spong as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings right here every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week, you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman. Well, first up, is print media dead? This is the question posed by Bob Schulman and Stephen Krauss in their um, Ad Age Stat column called the Affluency Column. You may be familiar with that. Uh, well, they were asking the question, is print media dead, especially among affluent Americans? And guess what? They found out absolutely not. Now, many of us have been watching um, publications shutter their doors, thousands of people laid off from their jobs Serious magazines, serious uh, daily newspapers, just calling it quits. A lot of them converting to online. And if you're like me, I am a former journalist. I find this to be a very, very sad thing. Well, good news out there. Print media is not dead. According uh, to those two gentlemen, they have used their Mendelssohn Affluent Barometer to track new and traditional media use among American affluents. And the the monthly survey throughout all of 2011 so far, they've been tracking this on a monthly basis, consists of more than 1,000 online interviews with respondents making at least 100000 in annual household income. Now, that is 20% of Americans who account for more than 60% of the U.S. income and about 70% of U.S. net worth. So it is affluent Americans. Americans. So this survey was conducted between March and May of this year. And when they ask affluent Americans if they read magazines, 93% said yes, they did. They read hard copy print versions, and only a third of them or fewer actually read them online from computers. I thought that was interesting. Uh, same pattern actually happened for uh, newspapers. About 86% of affluent Americans read them in print getting all that, you know, black ink on their hands compared to almost 40% who read them on computers. And guess what? 14% read them on smartphones. So you're going to see a trend here. Um, when it comes to absorbing media, we, we tend to absorb it through a traditional outlet. TV, absolutely the same thing. Uh, affluent Americans, 94% watched uh, TV shows on television and only 23% watch them on computers. Now, smartphones, again, even less than that when it comes to websites. Um, people were checking out websites, 32% of them. But otherwise, guess what? Nearly 95% were watching, looking at websites on computers. So very, very interesting. Now, a lot of these affluent Americans were 
older Americans. And we all know Gen Y is kind of shaping the face of technology. Well, guess what? The same study found that those ages 18 to 34 had the same pattern. 88% of those younger people were reading magazines and print. Newspaper actually showed the greatest amount of experimentation, according to the study. 70% of them read newspaper and print, but more than 50% actually read them online, which is interesting. Uh, Video content, again, most of it uh, was on TV. And then websites, most of it consumed on computers. So keep that in mind when you're trying to reach both younger and older affluent Americans. They are watching media or consuming media through traditional outlets. That's according to Bob Schulman and Stephen Krauss in their affluency column. As I read it in Ad Age Stat just a couple of weeks ago, I just thought that was fascinating. Well, talk a little bit about our purse profile today, the Prada professional, talking about affluent Americans. She certainly is one. She is around 36 years old, um, having graduated from college, married, employed full-time. 60% of them are parents, and they make a household income of over 150000 a year, and the value of their residence is over 300000 uh, They like to keep their eye to fashion. They really stress their looks as being important, uh, to also allowing them to stand out in a crowd. Um, they value their relationships very much, but when it comes to their style, or basically when they're shopping for their style, they stick to clothing brands that they have really loved over the years. They shop favorite stores. They don't do a lot of experimentation. And price really isn't a huge factor for this woman. She's really looking for quality. She considers herself to be practical um, and a workaholic, as you can imagine. She, she works full-time out of the home. And when she does have downtime, she likes to spend that time with her family. She is interested in the arts and travel. But, but home is really at the heart of who she is. She does try to choose brands that are environmentally conscious. Um, and she's shopping at places like Neiman Marcus, Nordstrom, Crate and Barrel, Pottery Barn, and yes, even Target like the rest of the world. If you're a marketer, how do you connect with this Prada professional? Well, she's reading a lot of magazines, yes, viewing a lot of cable and TV. She's looking for entertainment um, and broadcast and really getting her information online. So she's reading magazines like Real Simple and Style, Shape, Vanity Fair, Martha Stewart Living, and she's watching shows like Food Network, Fine Living, uh, TLC, TBS, and Discovery Health Channel. So my guest for today certainly knows a lot about women. He's been working with women in leadership positions uh, for years and years, Jeffrey Tobias Halter. Jeffrey is a consultant, author, gender strategist, and president of Why Women. Jeffrey's, like I said, spent 35 years business experience at Rolls, a Coca-Cola company, Procter & Gamble, Alberta Culver, and Sears. A featured keynote speaker, his work regarding gender differences in the sales process has been used in Tom Peters' new work, Excellent always and he has been a contributing writer to the tom peters times women to women link and pink magazine one of my favorites a passionate advocate in the development of women in leadership jeffrey currently sits on the simmons business school's business advisory board and has held advisory board positions for women's food service forum and the network of executive women i'm really excited to have jeffrey on the show so stick around he's going to talk about women in the workplace when purse rings returns in just a moment 
Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Her strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. As you know, being an expert at f- What did she say? Requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with f- Whoa! You're not alone. Hundreds have used our tool to take their f- performance to the next level. The language! Of course, we're talking about managing Facebook ads on Aquizio. Oh. Buy, track, manage, optimize, and report on media across all major ad networks. Visit Aquizio.com to get a demo today. Aquizio. Search, social, display, one platform. All celebrity voices are impersonated. Example number 74 of Dialogue. You will never read in our chat room. I have an affiliate offer for you. I want to interest you in pineapples. You want me to sell pineapples? Actually, I'll have some apple pie a la mode. It pleases me. Or maybe cobbler. Goodbye. Make deals and make money with people like you without the spam. I don't like being kicked out. You make me feel ignored. Goodbye. The WebmasterRadio.fm chat room, live in real time every day. Click on the chat tab from our homepage. Business is changing, and new marketing avenues are opening up every day. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show that brings you the innovators and trendsetters, taking us to a new age of marketing, media, and social business strategy. Welcome to Market Edge with Glenn Engler. Get ready to hear perspectives on social media and digital marketing that will help you gain insight into the unique opportunities and challenges facing marketers and thought leaders today. Market Edge with Glenn Engler, Tuesday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Beginning August 2nd. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Welcome back to Purse Strings. Joining me today is Jeffrey Tobias Halter. Jeffrey is a consultant, author, gender strategist, and president of Why Women. He spent 35 years in business at roles such as the Coca-Cola Company, Procter & Gamble, Alberta Culver, and Sears. Um, he's a featured keynote speaker, and his work has appeared in a lot of different spaces. And he's also a passionate advocate and develop of women in leadership. So it's sitting on a number of boards, um, including Simmons Business School's Business Advisory Board and a number of others. Jeffrey, welcome to the program. Thank you. My pleasure. Well, congratulations. I read about your recent retirement news. I mean, 26 years at the Coca-Cola Company is a huge accomplishment. And I read that your last job was Director of Diversity Strategy. Talk, if you would, about how your career at Coke led you to that position. Yeah, it's really pretty interesting. You know, first and foremost, I consider myself a sales guy and a sales manager. I spent over 20 years in sales and sales management. And... um, that had been my entire career. And then in uh, 1998, I had actually moved into sales training. So I was doing a lot of sales training for the business. And Coca-Cola needed someone to head their diversity education curriculum. And it seemed like a good development opportunity. And so I raised my hand and said I'd be happy to do that. But what I did not anticipate was really a series of life-changing events because I very quickly got into it and had what they term in the diversity industry a white male epiphany. 
And a white male epiphany occurs when you realize what white male privilege is and the world revolves around me. And I very quickly became a a passionate advocate uh, for women and minorities and really started doing deep cultural dives around how do we take diversity, um, which tends to be a real HR-focused, you know, initiative, and connect it to the business. And over the last uh, 11 years of my career, that's basically what I did. We took our diversity strategies, everything from uh, marketing to multicultural consumers to selling to multicultural consumers to uh, our HR programs and processes, and began to formulate umbrella strategies so that you know, really one plus one plus one equals five. How do you generate incremental business results through applied diversity practices? And so uh, that's what I spent the last few years of my uh, career doing. It was very, very exciting work. I should say so. Well, that white male epiphany and the 11 years that followed has clearly led up to the new chapter that you are celebrating right now. You just launched a new business called Why Women. And in fact, your tagline is, helping men, which we all know is the Y chromosomes, and women to understand and unleash the power of women in organizations. Tell us a little bit about that new venture. Yeah, what was really interesting is, you know, there were some pivotal moments at Coke. As I talked about uh, working in diversity, um, I was actually invited to the kickoff meeting of the Coke Women's Forum. Uh, And uh, I didn't know it at the time, but this was actually a membership drive. And uh, I was approached by the president of the Coke Women's Forum, And um, she asked me to take on a special project role uh, leading the strategic planning process for the Koch Women's Forum. And I have to tell you, this is something uh, I kind of looked at her and said, yeah, I don't think I'm the guy for that. And um, she was a vice president at Koch and not a woman to be trifled with. And so I ended up becoming the first male chair of strategic planning at Koch. Um, But what was really fascinating about the role is just the Um, depth of immersion I got very quickly into uh, women's leadership practices. I was able to chair two major women's leadership conferences at Koch. Um, I was immediately connected to the top 50 female leaders uh, at the Coca-Cola company. Um, This led to a number of different things, uh, looking at uh, applying gender differences. Uh, You know, everybody's heard men and women communicate differently. Well, how do you apply that to salespeople and, and sales training? Um, and so that would lead down an ongoing path of, of escalation of, uh, you know, being invited in to speak and doing project roles. And what I discovered was, you know, typically I was, you know, one of uh, one or two men in the entire room. And what dawned on me very quickly was that, you know, um, as powerful as women's organizations are, um, women talking to other women can only drive so much change. As long as men are still basically in charge of business, um, we've got to find a way to engage male leaders in this conversation. Um, and so you've got to find that right 10%. Um, and when you do, you can truly drive systemic change in organizations. And so I just see this business opportunity out there um, to really begin to engage ready now male leaders um, and senior women's leadership teams in developing integrated women's leadership strategies. Uh, And that's the birth of the new business. 
That's fascinating and, and, and definitely a do. I've talked to many, many people in this space and many of them have commented on the lack of um, men's involvement in so-called women's leadership efforts at the corporate level um, really means that these women don't get the leadership that they need and aren't able to to move as quickly through the organization. Uh-huh. Um, and clearly your insights and really with meeting women's expectations or needs. I know I've had Best Buy on the program. They're one company that has received a ton of publicity about training, you know, uh, floor sales staff on how to spot a specific type of consumer and how to sell to them. Talk, if you would, about why more companies really haven't seized this opportunity to really connect with consumers in, a, in this meaningful way. Yeah, you know, that's such a great question. It's And to be honest, I can't tell you. Um, you know, <laughs> in, in my sales talks, I call it the betrayal of marketing by sales. You know, c- companies are spending hundreds of millions of dollars targeting women, um, and yet they're not spending a dime training their sales organizations on how to sell to the unique differences of men and women. Um, and, you know, your your audience knows some of these these uh, these facts, but, you know, it's not just clothing and food and financial services, um, but, you know, women are making 80% of decisions on health care, and they're the major influencers of homes and cars. And, you know, Tom Peters has a great saying, you know, his point is, you know, fire all the salesmen, um, because, quite frankly, if women are the consumers of literally everything in this country, you know, why would you not have people who can connect and, um, and and meet with them and communicate with them much more successfully than the, you know, than the people that are there now? Well, and I know, I, I mean, I have I talked to a number of people in this space, but I'm sure you know that there there is a, a kind of a distinct difference between men and women's purchasing styles. Very, very different purchasing styles. Talk, if you would, about how to better sell to men and women as a gender overall. Yeah, I think the simplest thing, and I certainly don't want to simplify this because selling is never easy and we never want to put people into, you know, into buckets. But, you know, as a starting place, I always like to say that women are relational and men are transactional. And as a starting place, let's call that 80% of the time. And what that means is, you know, and, it, and it's things that marketers know, but salespeople don't always understand. You know, women connect with brands and women want branded merchandise. Now, does she want a relationship with every product on the grocery store shelf? No, of course not. You know, women can go into transactional mode as a, as a function of saving time or saving money. But when you get to major purchases, there really needs to be a connection there um, between the product and the service, i.e. the service, uh, the salesman, uh, and what they're doing. You know, men, 80% of the time, it's about, you know, fact and function and price. And, uh, you know, one is just as interchangeable with the other. You know, women are about connecting, uh, and men are about buying something that's going to do something for them. Well, I want to take a quick break, and when we come back, I want to talk about the sales process in general um, and, and some insights that I know that you share in your book. So more from Jeffrey Tobias Halter when First Rings returns in just a moment. 
Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Two, one, booster ignition. Ascend into new heights of ranking and revenue with a search engine-friendly online shopping cart that's ready for liftoff. Introducing Ascender Cart. Ascender Cart optimizes your shopping cart with easy-to-use SEO tools that will help build keywords, titles, and tags for top search engine rankings. Get all of the advantages of having a shopping cart on your site and monitor your progress with regular reports in just a click. Prepare to launch your shopping cart to the top of the search engines with Ascender Cart. Learn more about what Ascender Cart can do for you at AscenderCart.com. A-S-C-E-N-D-E-R-C-A-R-T.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. We're rocking the world with LinkedIn. Hey, it's Mike O'Neill and Lori Rupp, the LinkedIn rock stars. We are ready to rock your world with LinkedIn. Join your fearless leaders, Mike and Lori, as they reveal insider secrets. Because I know the secrets, don't I, Mike? Chat with other LinkedIn gurus. We have, we have great guests on our show. Today is no exception at all. And answer your LinkedIn questions. All caps, Mountain Dew, comma space, all little letters, sleep. Rock the world with LinkedIn, Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. WebmasterRadio.fm. Kick your hat off, kick your feet up, and log into the feed. We're here for you 24-7. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. I'm thrilled to have Jeffrey Tobias Halter joining me today. Jeffrey is president of Why Women and the author of Selling to Men, Selling to Women. And we've been talking about, yes, selling. But more than that, we just wrapped up the first part of the radio program talking about purchasing styles, vastly different between men and women. And, Jeffrey, I'm interested in the differences between men and women in the selling process. Now, I know you have a lot of good information in your book, so I don't expect you to give it all away right here. But are there some insights that you could share with the listeners today that could be a little bit surprising? Yeah, I'll give you three real quick ones. Um, You know, really, for men dealing with women, when you open the sales process, um, you really have to be prepared to spend more time here. You know, every sales trainer talks about, you know, this is really time for chit-chat and just an opening. Well, you know, you need to determine, particularly if you're a man, that, you know, this woman is relational, and that takes time. And you better be prepared to invest and listen carefully for what she is asking you. Because we know, and I hate to generalize, but men are not great listeners. (laughs) The same is true, though, for women dealing with men. 
women tend to communicate too much. In fact, they communicate two-thirds too much information. Men want it short, men want it sweet, and they want to get on with it. So, you know, be prepared to adapt. On the next one, you know, once you get into it, it's as simple as this. When you want to identify the customer's needs, I really encourage men to say, tell me more about your ideal solution. Relational people, not just women, relational people are open to multiple solutions. Whereas uh, when women are dealing with men, be very direct. What does your ideal solution look like? So two totally different possibilities, and you can imagine from a timing standpoint, you know, listening to your ideal solution is going to take much longer than listening to tell me what your ideal solution looks like. What I have found is, you know, men are very, very easy to sell to. They're going to tell you what they want. Um, you know, women are very much whole brain, and they may have an idea, um, but it's this whole, you know, connectivity, and uh, they really want to feel good about their uh, about their purchase. Um, and then finally, you know, once you've kind of, you know, um, are beginning to think about closing the sale, um, you've got to realize when uh, men are dealing with women that price is just one factor, that products and benefits and functionality and customer service are critical elements. For women dealing with men, you know, price, products, facts, as function, uh, something just merely fulfills a need. Once you've worked through this as a, as a man, if you've truly invested the time in the relationship, what's really interesting is, um, believe it or not, no means no to women when they say that. Um, when uh, a male buyer tells a female no, believe it or not, that means bring me back a better solution. Because as we've gone down the male selling track, we've only been selling against one ideal solution. So it's this whole notion of what happens as a salesperson if you get a no. Well, if you're a man selling to a woman, you're done, pack it up. If you're a woman selling to a man, you're just getting started. You need to retrench and go back in there. Oh, it's really interesting. That's good for just relationship insight as well, Jeffrey. You recognize that, don't you? No, certainly, yes. (laughs) Not just the selling process. But, you know, what's interesting is because we are so different as genders in the selling process. I'm curious, how does it how does it kind of happen when you're selling to spouses or partners, a man and a woman, both of them buying together? Now, we know that women can sway an opinion. They can, they can kill. They could actually can kill the whole deal if they want to. So how does it work when you're selling to a man and a woman together and both of them are kind of equal um, opinion leaders, if you will? Yeah, that's an interesting one because, you know, as much as women can be the veto, uh, you know, men can also be that veto, but it may not sound like it. And, and I've done a lot of training with real estate companies. You know, and realtors tend to be very relational people. Um, regardless of how you're selling, if you – and, oh, by the way, you may be a transactional salesperson. You know, if you think about the auto industry, it's about facts and figures and data. Um, your tendency, if I'm a relational salesperson, is going to be c- to connect with the relational person – of the couple, that may be the man or the woman. So I'm sitting there connecting. If I'm a female real estate agent and I'm connecting with the woman, I'm feeling pretty good. What you need to be taught as a professional salesperson is you need to sell to the off person. 
because you've already got the relational person locked up. What you need to do is sell to the transactional person uh, of the couple, and routinely there's one in every you know couple, um, you know, and it may be the man or the woman, um, but you need to sell to the off buyer, and I think you'll be a lot more successful. Interesting. Well, you mentioned store environment. You mentioned customer service um, as other very tangible, inherent um, things that could sway a selling a selling situation and a purchasing decision. What are some other factors that may go into, particularly the woman's decision making process? Well, I think you know all you've got to do is look at the marketplace. You know, when you look at you know Target versus Walmart, you know Target really owns women, and it's everything they do from low height you know gondolas so that you can you know moms can see children. It's the fashion merchandise. Walmart has much higher you know gondolas. Lowe's versus uh, Home Depot. You know, Lowe's does an outstanding job marketing to women. Um, they have much many more you know female reps on the floor. Um, you know, Home Depot. Uh, you know, is is just not an appealing site to to most women coming in. Uh, well, you know, why can't Home Depot become you know the Macy's? You know, when, as as a CEO of Home Depot, wouldn't I want someone walking around for an hour, putting putting stuff in their basket? Well, you've got to change the whole environment to be able to do that. Yeah. Well, we know, I've, I've read a stat somewhere that it takes a woman about three seconds to walk into a store and determine whether or not she wants to shop there. So that, it is critical, definitely critical. Um, and there are a lot, of, a lot of things that are critical to companies. Mainly, they need to understand that they need to sell to women, and there are also differences in selling. If they don't understand that, what do you think they're missing out on? And maybe to even take it one step further than that, how could someone listening today help make the business case within their own company to better understand how to sell to women and the genders in general. Yeah, and this is the the foundation of really my consulting practice, and I call it the Why Women 80-80-80 solution. You know, you need to understand and treat women like a business imperative. And the first 80 is 80% of the revenue. You know, that's that 80%, over 80% of, uh, of consumption and discretionary spending is spent by women. So what's your business case? Have you identified it? Have you measured it? What's your gap? The second part is 80% of women as talent in the organization. Um, you know, today, 85%, over 80%, uh, 85% of new entries in the workforce are women. And so how are you reflecting this in your organization top to bottom? And then the last part of the 80% is how are you engaging your employees? High-performing companies want 80% engagement. Well, you know, most companies' engagement levels are 40 to 50%. And so, you know, research has shown recently that high-performing companies uh, have 80% engagement levels. Well, uh, what the research also says is in high-performing companies, women are more engaged than men. So how have you written your business case? How do you measure it? How do you resource it correctly? And how do you create a senior leader integrated scorecard? Um, because if you don't have a solid business case and treat it like a business imperative, it's just not going to be successful. Right. And it's pretty darn easy to build a business case these days when you look at the at the power of the purse when it comes to women, right? Very much so. Yeah. 
Jeffrey, sadly, we have run out of time, but I really appreciate you being on the program today. Thank you. And I want to remind everybody out there where they can buy Jeffrey's book, Selling to Men, Selling to Women. Just check it out on Amazon.com. Anywhere else, Jeffrey, you would like to direct them? No, the only other place they can go is to uh, my new business site, um, the letter Ywomen.biz, and check out my business model. And um, and I think you'll find some uh, interesting facts and figures and, and ways to begin to uh, really leverage women as a key component of your entire business model. Absolutely, and I do urge you to check out Y, as in letter Y, women.biz, for more information on Jeffrey and why you need to be selling to women and understand the difference in selling to the genders in general. Thank you so much, Jeffrey, and thanks to Lewis, my producer, for another great show. Join me right here for another edition of Purse Strings next Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Until then, make it a great one. <laughs> 